You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name is Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the West Side Community News, and today is a show I've been talking about on this show for a long time. It's today we talk about kind of obtainable stars for the Pacers this offseason or guys who used to be stars but are still really good that they could get or guys who are in a bad spot contractually and the Pacers could swoop in and get them. There's a lot of options here. Um, So I've kind of tiered it as a guy who has all-star potential next year. They've made this podcast. They have reached this pod. One of them is really obvious, was in a, a little rumory last week. A bunch of them I've you know, compiled from other reports. But yeah, it's a big show. Lots of names to get to. We'll do a segment on guys they could trade for, guys they could sign. I put air quotes up because none of them will really be signings, but whatever, in free agency. And then the draft at the end, which is talking about trading up. We'll get to that. But we'll start with trades. And it's been a minute, and I haven't even said he's here. But joining me on the other line to do this, since we're both back from our 4th of July festivities, my co-host, former Indy Corners writer extraordinaire, Mr. Adam Friedman. Adam, how are you? Rested. Well recovered, ready to go. Ready to charge through free agency, right? I'm excited. You, you, you hate this time of, of the year, but I love it. Yeah, it's not my favorite <laughs> until it's like a week before. So this week, also besides our player recaps being wings, uh, Thursday we'll start doing our our free agency previews by position. So point guards that day we'll talk a lot about McConnell and then reasons the Pacers could sign point guards. But today is all about the stars. I beat around the bush too much. Let's go. So let's do. You want to do the big one first? The 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 big one. The one. Yeah, you're talking about Lonzo Ball? <laughs> He's a free agent. That's next segment, you cheater. Oh, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> the big one is Ben Simmons. There's already a rumor that was shot down by J. Michael of the Indy Star suggesting the Pacers offered Brogdon and Furs for him. If you want to hear what I think a good offer from the Pacers is, I was on the House That Hinky Built podcast talking about Ben Simmons trades. But, Adam, I'll just fire up the question right away for you. Would Ben Simmons be a good target for the Pacers? Uh, hell to the yes, because okay. when do what we call it, top 20 talent, top 25 talent come in the market? And how often do they come to Indiana? That's the real question. Yeah, I am. I share your opinion. And I so, so let, let me shoot down some of my my irks when it comes to, to Ben Simmons talking points so far. Number one is that people say, oh, he's, he's overpaid. He's overpaid. You can't you can't have a guy paying that much. who can't shoot. Giannis is in the finals right now. And Giannis also can't shoot and is supremely talented. Giannis is also better than Ben Simmons, but I don't think that he can't like you paying a guy that much who can't shoot is a thing. Like the Sixers don't have other guards who can dribble and pass. And their other good players, kind of a post player who reluctantly shoots threes. Like he's really good. And he's a bad fit on that roster Two all-stars cost $30 million, especially young ones who are still getting better. I don't think people realize I have fully swung the fulcrum of salaries into the NBA still from the 2017 bump just yet, but like Ben Simmons would be the best player on the Pacers by a mile. Like Sabonis should be making closer to 30 mil, right? Like Nikola Vucevic, we we've always done that comp um, in terms of, you know, trade value and stuff uh, makes a ton of money, right? I'm, I'm looking up his contract right now. I didn't think I need it for the show, but like, yeah, he signed for four years, a hundred million at age 28. Right. So Sabonis so is very underpaid. Good starters cost 30 million. So I think that Simmons can be a really good player on a really good team. I don't think he's overpaid. He's four years left on his deal. He's extremely talented. All-star every year. One of the best defensive players in basketball. The only reason he's even available to the Pacers is because of that series he had against the Hawks. Right. If that series, 
if he was just average, he wouldn't even be available. It wouldn't even be a possibility. So I, I would be willing to give up more than probably anybody in these discussions for Simmons because I think he's that good and would be that good of a fit on the Pacers. I get that he would struggle fitting with Sabonis, um, but I, he's so good that I think you would just go get him. So I agree. I think you said, except for the part more than anybody, because I do think there's another game on this list that's probably like more valuable. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's the yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that player is um, actually going to be available, but that's fair. We'll that's fair. Um, what is, just so we can kind of get things clear, what is like the, the uh, luxury tax line projected for next year? I know they haven't come out of it yet, but what is the projection? I think it's like 140 million. I forget exactly. No, that's a little lower than that. I'd have to pull up my Okay. Pictures, really. So like, for example, the pictures are at 120. They're probably not going to luxury tax, but really it's going to be hard for them to spend $140 million. I mean, they'll get, oh, probably close, I would say, but it'll be hard for them to go like, crazy over it but, but what that essentially means is that like star players are no longer making 20 million dollars a year they're making 30 35 40 and people just haven't caught up to that yet i mean i think we right. have in, at least in private or like, like i can't believe people are talking about ben simmons being overpaid well he's an well, all-star like, every year every year easily well I, I think for a while people are like oh the Patriots have six contracts in double figures that's too many and i said that to you and one time you, you shot back at me and were like no, look at the salary cap. I'm like, you know, you're right. Like making $10 million is like making $5 million five, six years ago. Right. I mean, it's like, it, it's just a different, like, like there's just a different amount of money in the league right now. And so to be honest, $30 million for Ben Simmons is probably kind of a bargain considering his talent level and like how many wins he probably leads to during the season alone if he's healthy. You know, so he's played close. 70 games at least. The, the estimated tax threshold we got last year was $136.6 million, but that's not official yet. Right. Maybe the playoff revenue is great. Um, you know, there's been a ton more gate revenue in the playoffs, but you yeah, know, so the ratings yeah. of Buck Suns will do. But, you know, if, if that all goes well, I bet it goes up a little bit from that, which would be great news for the Pacers, by the way. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't really have con- concerns about the contract. I get the fit with Sabonis issues uh, for the same reasons there's fit issues with Embiid. But that said, even with Embiid, he's amazing most of the time. It's just yeah, like, I think you get the contract, get the talent, you figure out if you need a Sabonis, then you can move Sabonis or whatever you need to do. But like, you're not gonna get a Ben Simmons like talent in that draft. You're gonna get lucky in the draft because you're not picking in the top five right now. Yep. And then next year, 33 million contract, right? That that that's not too hard to trade for with salary matching. You know, it's not so big that it's. Yeah, it's really got four hard. years left too on his deal, which is four like years a insane amount of years considering. Yeah. The yeah. So yes, to me, if Ben Simmons is available, actually, I mean. I, I think the Pacers should go like a lot of chips for him. Like that would be a huge that what people always talk about the Pacers can't get stars. And then when he comes available, it's like, this is the move you make, especially when his values as low as it is. Yeah. The one thing I would be aware of just in general is trading a lot of future first round picks for when you're not championship ready. Right. And that's, sure. I'm not sure Ben Simmons makes them championship ready. And I'm not sure any of these players, maybe one will get two in the end could because of just where he had in his career and just what I think he can do in general. But that's what I'd be wary of just in general. That's not a Ben Simmons. That's a, just the team. The roster isn't really at that point yet. Yeah, I'm not interested in fake trades today, but I am interested in discussing if, if said player was available, would I move heaven and earth for them? And the answer is yeah. Yes. Would you like move three first round, three first round picks, let's say it would be like every other year. So let's call it this year's 2023 and 2025 for Simmons. They probably some protections, I'm sure, in there a little bit. Pro- but like, I probably would. I probably would. Okay. I, I, I get weary of that, but I, I don't. The thing is, so the threshold. My, my dumb thing is I said I wouldn't come up with fake trades, but like to get the salary to get to him, you're giving up a guy with first round value. So three, right, so, you'd have to have some protections for sure. Yeah. Well, and honestly, the Sixers want talent, not picks anyway. Exactly. because They're trying to win. So it's probably, they probably will take more players because they want the actual well, and again, guys. I, I, again, I don't want to do too much fake trading stuff. No, no, I went you're on fine. The, the Sixers pod doing this and like, 
between all the, the, the log jam of guards, log jam's extreme now, but between all the guards that Pacers have, like there's a like that's the stuff they need is like guys who can dribble and shoot. So it's yeah. a good trade fit too. But Simmons, I'm all in. I'm all all right. Let's move on to the next guy. Simmons will be the longest we talk about probably because he's kind of the most available player, probably. Yeah. Uh I would say one of these guys is gonna be more available, but probably the worst fit of the whole group. Um yeah. number two, already traded this offseason. Kemba Walker. Uh now on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, he had a rough year last year for the Celtics. Rough, rough, rough. And some of it was he's getting older and aging out. And like when you have a small body, sometimes it's a little harder. Although we'll talk about a short point guard who has outlasted age later on the show. But yeah, tough year for Boston this year. Scoring went down. Efficiency went down. Well, that said, not too much from last year, but a little bit of his playmaking went down. Just smaller load because he was hurt a lot. Uh, and now his value is perceived as negative value. He was bad in the playoffs. That was the biggest thing that hurt the Celtics and him and he trade discussions. He was really bad in the playoffs, 12.7 points per game, really rough. So Kemba Walker already dealt no way the Thunder won <laughs> at all. They are trying to rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. They got gave up Horford to get him and a first. So that's probably a negative value look for Kemba. So that means he's available, right? A team doesn't want him that has him and he's a negative value deal. What do you think of Kemba Walker? So he's got two years left on his contract. So it's not like it's not like that an Albert- bad. No, it's not an albatross, and it's not like terrible. I mean, there's well, a chance. Go ahead. Sorry. There's a chance if he does have a really great recovery year that I guess he could opt out. I would highly doubt it, but there is a a chance of that. There is. So I'm looking at a sports track. Is this trade kicker already part of this now where he's making that like 36? Celtics are paying the trade kicker. Oh, great. That's, that's big actually. <laughs> um, is that kind of the cap though? Still uh, for uh, yes, that that part would count against the cap for whatever team he's on, but he okay. could have waived it in the deal. I don't think he did, but he could have. Okay. So that, that, that could get a little bit interesting to see how that, that could affect some stuff, but I don't, I don't think he's, he's like there yet. I would like to maybe see him a year in Oklahoma city where he, what do you want to say? Like kind of go through a Chris Paul thing, probably as good as that, but like just load manage, you know, playing a little better team, getting like, you know, spending a full year getting healthy and maybe then trading for him with one year left. Cause then you're not taking much risk. Um, right. But, and they also, the Pacers don't necessarily need a point guard um, of his caliber right now. They sort of need more of a forward type player. The thing so. with him and a guy we'll get to in the two guys, actually in the free agent section, three guys, actually, my God, is that, I agree with you that they don't need a point guard, but if they're good enough, you you can shift Brogdon, Levert, Warren. Yeah, I'm just not sure he's good enough still. That's my one concern. Yeah. You know, Kemba's really tough for me to think about from a Pacers perspective because in the regular season, he was actually okay. He had some really good games. He's a good player. He'd be good on the Pacers too. Like he's, he's good. He can really score. Fans were begging for this guy two years ago, right? Like that he was the target. We talked about it. We had a whole show on him, I think. And two years, 73 million sounds huge. And it is. It really is. It, that's an overpay for him. His contract is negative value right now. There's a reason it got dumped for what it did. Two years is not that scary to me. You know, if, it, if, it, if it's bad, it's bad. But then you're not, I, I guess, given the Pacers core, though, that's why it scares me a little bit. Is like you, you're screwed. Like you can't build around them if he doesn't work. The Thunder keep doing this thing. They did it with Chris Paul. They did it a little bit with Al Horford. They're probably going to try to do it with Kemba where, you know, I'm sure they'd like to move the guy right when they get him, but they they get the guy on the negative value part of the deal and then they, he plays well for them and they get a, a stuff for him too. So you you have to kind of trade for him now to me when his value is at the point of, you know, it's just match the salary and you get him. So I think for him, it's a little risky because the playoffs are really bad. He's aging. Knee issues are the scariest one. But two years is not the end of the world, so I'd understand the risk, and he is very talented. But th- th- he's right on the line of of worth the risk versus not to me. 
Yeah. I just, I just can, I'm just concerned, not necessarily the salary, and that just like, can he play enough games to be worth right. it? Right. That's my biggest concern. I, I don't know. When he's healthy, he's been pretty good. It's just like, is he now a guy who can really only play like either 20, you know, 25 minutes a night or play 50 games at full max a season. And that's it. And that might not be enough for what he's worth, especially if he's, it's not, if it's not the right 50 games, right. If he's healthy for the playoffs then you're fine, but if he's, you know, plays the first 50 with the miss the rest of the season, then it's kind of losing value pretty quickly for him. It changes so fast because with the horns, remember he was like an iron man. He played so many games and then with the, yeah, Celtics, but you got to, you could tell, I mean, not you could tell, but a guy of his size with the way the country right. takes, he just right. eventually he was going to hit a point when he fell off and the Celtics, you know, did a nice job PRing it like, oh, well, we were able to salvage the Kyrie trade by getting Kemba and whatnot. And but like you and I had discussions before, like, do you really want to sign Kemba to a four year or whatever deal? Because who knows? He'll be like 34 years older at the end of it or something, yep. or something like 33 at the end of it. And he's small and he's a guy who's played a lot of minutes and just gets bumped and hit a ton. You have to get up to about 29 million in salaries to acquire him. Again, very doable for the Pacers realistically. So I consider him a possibility, but though not my favorite on this list, though not my least favorite. Uh, let's just do that one now. Terrible for the Mavericks in the playoffs has clashed with two organizations now. Three years, over $100 million left on his deal. A good player. I started off with all the bad stuff. I shouldn't have done that, but I'm projecting my opinions here. Chris Dats Porzingis, Adam, any interest? Nope, not, not, not a single second. <laughs> so Porzingis is good. Right, he was an all-star with the Knicks for a reason. He's fine, but he's a center or whatever he is. We have two centers. Yes. Pitch never well, center. Okay, I think he would fit with independently Turner or Sabonis, to be fair, because he's really but good. It, I'm not sure it would be that much different than having them together. <laughs> like in terms of just like yeah, just kind that's of fit. fair. It's not like bringing just some yes. like crazy great three-point shooter, right? I mean, he's right. What, what, what is pretty he good? Thirty-eight percent this year on six attempts a game. He's a pretty good. Okay, shooter. all right. So he's a little okay. So he's better than Turner in that way, but what you lose on defense is like... A, a, he a, used to be a great defender, like a great defender. And then this year, he was not a good defender at all, which is weird and makes it hard for me to know what you're getting with him because, he, remember, he was like awesome. That was part of the appeal when he went to Dallas. It's like, wow, this guy can help them on defense around Luka, which they really need. But he really stung in the playoffs. He missed an entire season of his career with an ACL injury. I think that's kind of under-discussed when it comes to Porzingis trades. I think he's good. But I agree with you. The center thing is is not something the Pacers should be interested in. I think that is he's probably about even value. I would say maybe a little negative, honestly. Uh, at three years, a hundred million left, and they could again they could easily cobble together the salary to get him. But what does Dallas want to do here? I don't know. And I, he's not the perfect fit. He's clashed with orgs, and the Carlisle element is a factor here as well. He was just his coach for two years. Apparently some misgiving. So I do not think he's a target, nor do I think that it makes any sense for the Pacers. Yeah. I mean, so like Turner's career is a 30, what a 35% three point shooter. I think it's 36. I mean, obviously yeah. more attempts per game. So that definitely is different. Um, but I don't think he's like, I, I just don't think the fit because is that great with Sabonis? Now, if you're trading Sabonis for him, but then you're trading too much value for him at right. that point. I think I don't, I don't think he has, I think Sabonis has more value than him. I don't know. I just don't, I just think you're kind of going the wrong direction, right? You want to, if you're going to trade one of the centers, you're trying to get like a small forward, power forward, not another center that like kind of fits. I agree. I agree. We move on from that one quickly. All right. Next up, first of two guys on the same team that we'll do here CJ McCollum of the Portland Trailblazers. Another good player, positive value, three years, 100 million uh, extension starts next year for him. 
very talented, uh, was going to be an all-star. Remember, he was amazing at the start of the season. Yeah, so he, what, he broke his wrist or what? I'm thinking hands. I don't remember exactly what he hurt, but he got hurt and he got held him out for long enough that he didn't make the team anyway and then still finished pretty strong, right? His third 40% from deep season, still scored really well, career high 23.1 points per game, very efficient. That said, not the greatest passer for his teammates, bad defender. There's a reason Portland is, you know <laughs> – the Pacers have a two-center problem. The Blazers have a two-guard problem, right? They're both good, but they, their fit stuff is sort of duplicative at times. So, T.J. McCollum, good, positive value, probably all-star level in the East or close to it. Any interest here? I mean, there's some. I mean, again, I mean, he's kind of at the spot you want a guy. He's a fantastic scorer, and I you can probably figure out his defense if you can score. I mean, like, he's one of points. The only way you're getting him, though, is – probably if they're blowing up the roster, at least the value one, right? So if they're trying to keep Damon Bill around, they want real value from McCollum, right? They want yep. something like like they can use today, and you're not going to give up Sabonis from McCollum. Like, right. I just don't see that. And I don't think Turner's enough value. I think you're kind of in between there. Uh, maybe Turner is, but, like, and I'm not sure how that makes, Damn like, you. Portland a championship team, which they want to be. Right. So I'm not sure. Like, it's just like a lateral trade for them. Um, so then you're getting McCollum because Dame's already been traded. Maybe at that point, yeah, but then I'm not sure how are you – I mean, I guess you could piece together $33 million worth of contracts that aren't your starters, essentially. But I don't really know how. I, right? can you even do, I'm not even sure you can do that, actually. He's at 30 mil next year, so it probably only takes about 24. Let me do some quick math. Okay, That's but possible. Like, so 24 without... You can't uh, do... 24.5, basically. Can you, can you extend McDermott and then trade him? <laughs> That'd be a sign no. trade, not an extended trade. Right, and you can't, you can't. But yes, do that, you right? can do a, a sign and trades are a thing. No, but can you? Pa- you can't package it right with another player for the move, right? It's an individual you can. move. Oh, you can. Okay, I thought it would be individual move. No one ever does it, but you can. So like that would probably be the way to do it because like you're probably you're trying to get him without trading one of your five starters, essentially, right at that point. I yeah. Guess. So the the conundrum is like adding him would he'd start, and then you have Brogdon, him and Karras, and then Warren, where do you go there? So I think one of the centers has to be in the deal because you'd have to slide. Yeah, but then you're probably have to find a third team. I don't think that if they're trading McCollum and they're trading Lillard, they don't want anything. They want no right. salary anymore. They want to go, you know, bottom of the salary cap and be terrible. So yeah, it's a tough, I don't know. But he's I think, really good. He's really, yeah, good. yeah. I mean, I think you have to definitely try if there's a possibility because he does sort of fit what you want to do. Yeah. Ish. Right. I mean, I get you make up his defense somewhere. Two more gross ones, and then we'll get to the fun. Yeah, let's do, the, let's do this. Let's do these real quick. Just do them, do them together. I think. Well, the, oh wow, that low on one of these guys. I think both of them, to be honest. Okay, the guy will both say no to. I'll do first. John Wall, uh, two years, ninety-one million left. Uh, I, that's not a, that's not a misspeak. Ninety-one million left on John Wall's contract, including a player option in the second year. Any interest in John Wall? No, I can't believe you have any interest in Kevin Love. Wow. Okay. Way to blow through the, the guy. Uh, no, John you just Wall, you just said good. we would agree on one player, and you said the player I didn't think we would agree on for sure. Uh, I mean, I, 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 mean, I should have Wall either, but I love Kevin Love. I'm less interested than John Wall. Yeah, John Wall couldn't score anymore last year, like his efficiency cratered, and he still like, got a lot of shots up, so scored a lot. But yeah, he's not good anymore, and he makes 44 million, which would take. Uh, let's do some quick back of the napkin math, but I'm pretty sure it's like 35 million. So you brought it in a player at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's higher than 35 million. Yeah. Uh, John Walls or no, that one's easy. Uh, yeah. Kevin Love is just because, you know, two years left and less than 60 million. He's not worth that. It's still negative value, but I think Kevin Love's good. Okay. So my, my shit's Kevin Love. It's just, again, it's, a, it's like a misfit. Does he, 
like actually going, you just right, had two right. centers again. Like you're just going again, you're going in like the and, wrong and direction. And you have to give up a center in the deal as a result. And they're both worth more than him. So the trade yeah. sucks, but I think Kevin loves. And looking at a guy who's played like what I'm doing the math, but like all of, I guess he's played 93 games the past three seasons. Yeah. So like, I mean, he might be good still. I don't doubt that, but like I'm not, I mean, he just hasn't played in a long time and right. I, and it doesn't also solve your problem again. He's a center. I guess he could play power four. What if then, you're getting Sexton with him? Okay, well then, then, then you're talking, but like I don't understand how you yeah, that happens. Yeah, that's probably what it would take to me because they're shopping Sexton because he's going to be overpaid the second he gets an extension. You think so, they're shopping Sexton seriously? Uh, that that's the rumor. I, that, I can't. All on the internet. Yes. Where are they picking the Cavs? Uh, four, three. Okay, three. Yeah, you're not getting three. No, 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 no. I mean, who are they going to draft? Going to replace Sexton? Rather, just I'm assuming they're. Oh, thinking. Garland's already better than him. Yeah, but isn't can't they play together or no? Uh, you saw that record last year. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. That team was kind of crap. That was a weird. They traded midseason. For I forget Jared. where that came from, but the, those sex and stuff swirling. I think it came from Jeremy Wu of. Um, I don't want to speak on the, someone's name and be wrong though. You're probably right, Tony. I, 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 you know, I'm not like the biggest like falling every Cavs player trade room. I'm not gonna lie here. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> tags me in this crap now, so I just end up seeing it. Well. I mean, sex interests me, I guess, as a player for sure. That's what it'd have to take for me as well. I mean, I, I would know say he's no on Kevin Love is the right answer. Yeah. I mean, Sexton, I got any guy who scores 24 points per game is interesting. I know there might be some whatever issues, whatever here, or there, but like he clearly is a very talented scorer. He shot, you know, 48% from the field last year on 18 attempts. That's like not easy to do. I mean, it just, and he's young and he's talented. I know he'll be overpaid, uh, but I was he, right. He, it was Jeremy Wu. Sports Illustrated, according to league sources, the Cavaliers have begun to explore trade options involving the new score Colin Sexton. Yeah, they'd have to attack Sexton for me to consider love. All right, let's do the big one. Yeah. Because this segment is way over what we were advised to do. Yeah, we're at 21 minutes. For our pre our pre-ad read break. Sorry, everybody. Uh Dame, Dame, if Dame is available, he's it doesn't matter what he makes, he's worth it. He's a top seven, eight player in the NBA. He probably isn't available right now. You know, he, he reportedly liked Chauncey, right? That was one of the names he put out himself. And then the Trailblazers had this giant PR disaster, and yeah, Dame terrible. apparently was unhappy about how fans responded to this move, and he's wanted a winner with some pressure coming from Chris Haynes of Yahoo, who he's tight with. Uh, so maybe not – maybe he does become available this offseason. I think it's more likely next summer. But if he does, I'll make this very simple – the Pacers, if if Dane even says he'd play for the Pacers, the Pacers should throw everything they can to get him with Sabonis because that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would move a lot of I'd move heaven and earth. Yep. To be honest, um, yep. what does Dame make? What is the trade number? You have to get into what salary number? Uh, he it's estimated because his is a max based on the cap next year, but somewhere between like 39, 40 mil. So, so Brogdon in the center. ish. Brogdon in the center. Yeah, for the salary. See, if you could figure out how to do it without giving up Brogdon, that would be like, I just don't know how you do it. I'm not sure. You can, yeah. I mean, you could try to do like, okay. Brogdon so you, center on every asset they want. <laughs> Everything. Well, like what you could, but you're not going to do, what you could do is you could do like Turner, Lamb, Justin Holiday, Gogus, uh, Aaron Holiday, and a bunch of picks. And then you'd have a pretty solid roster. The reason I'm so, I'm so into this idea is similar to Simmons is like, he has four years on this extension player option after three Well, the Pacers also are primed for a, like a top 15 player to just slot into what is a bunch of really good role players. So if it doesn't work, you, you turn around and two years ago, all right, fine. We'll we'll trade you and recoup this value. And yeah, but the problem with the Pacers is they probably 
needed to go farther than the playoff with this roster to prove to somebody like Dame that right. he can play here. Because I think he's where he's like that. He'd have to pick here, right? He's a good enough player to give a list of teams to hit to Portland. Right? Yeah, so I'm not going to pick that, coming here. Right. Okay, we've broken too many rules, but the Dame segment is easy. Yes, we've broken locked on rules. Uh, whoops. So let's move on to the free agent part of this. But first, we got to take a little break and talk about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. And this one is going I, – I have to decide between two guys, so I'm just going to do both of them. One is Sabonis, who played very well for Lithuania in the Olympic qualifying action. Unfortunately, Lithuania does not have enough guards uh, to make the Olympics. They couldn't contain Luka Doncic. They will not be playing. No Pacers in the Olympics. But Sabonis played well. Played well alongside Valanciunas, so good for him. Uh, led the team in points and rebounds against Poland in the semifinals. Did well. Jeff Teague is my other Miguel Baltra player of the week because he's the only former Pacer playing in the NBA Finals. I'm sure both Sabonis and Jeff Teague are having joy this offseason, or this season for Teague, about their current situations, happiness, and enjoyment. And it's only worth it if you enjoy it. If you enjoy it, and at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, you will certainly enjoy Amico Ultra. Joy creates success, and enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Try Amico Ultra today. So when you look at a list of free agents for next season, I was trying to identify guys who have all-star potential next season, and that's in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and Chris Paul and Kawhi are the two star free agents this offseason. They both obviously do. They will also both almost certainly be returning to their old teams. So I immediately crossed them off the list for this discussion. But then there's three really good names of like fringe all-star level guys at this stage of their career, plus two guys coming off of their first contracts that I think have the potential for it. So what would you rather do first? The probably best available free agent this offseason to me or one of the guys coming off a restricted deal? Let's do a restricted deal first. Okay. Let's get out of the way. Okay. Lonzo Ball. Uh, <laughs> this is not going to be a popular name. In this thing, Ivan Lonzo has all-star potential. He's figured out the shot, right? Two straight seasons above league average on high attempts. Still struggles, uh, you know, inside the arc and finishing and things like that. Uh, although he did shoot better on the basket this year. His mid-ranger is pretty weak, but reads the game incredibly well. Still a good defender. Like, he is damn good, right? He is really good. He's going to be expensive. The Pacers would have to sign and trade for him, but he is a free agent, and that is a possibility. Would you have any interest in Lonzo Ball? 18 million a year, you think he gets? Probably more, I would say. That's that's. He's a starter. Starters make twenty million. Is he going to be a starter on the Pacers right away? Uh, if the Pacers were able to get him, I would start him myself. Okay. See, I was thinking, how could I guess you could piece together like? If could you don't you... think he's a starter, then then he's not worth twenty million. Well, okay. Here's my thought: Are you <laughs> trading him straight up for a center? Is that what you're thinking? Um, that's a possibility. The Pelicans would surely like that. Okay. Right. Because that's. I mean, I was asking like. The, the biggest thing to pitch right now is they have this $10.5 million German Lamb deal. It'd be great to convert that into something else with another. Like, could you pair McDermott and him together in a pick for Lonzo on a sign-in trade and like that? Yeah, something like and that. And then that way you basically Lonzo I is that, a, I don't want to do a fake trade, but yeah. That's, basically, then Lonzo is a starter, but maybe he starts your sixth man and you make him a starter eventually. Like that, That's all I'm talking about. I mean, I agree if you're paying that, you probably want to start him. Although I think we're starting to get in the range now where like $15 million might just be a bench player. Um, in it's, today's getting league. Clo- it's getting close to that. Right? So, I mean... Um, but a good bench player, but still, like yeah, Jordan Clarkson I mean, just got sixteen million. That's a great comp, actually. Yeah, I mean, I I do agree with you that Lonzo would be just he's like kind of what they kind of need, right? He's another kind of tall guard who can some play some combination of like one to three, depending on what you need at times. And he would, you know, he would just kind of create the habit. I they, they don't may, may not have a point guard, pages like a traditional one. I guess Lonzo kind of is a traditional point guard in some ways, although I'm not sure he's like. He's kind of like Brogdon in that traditional sense, but at least you'd have like three ball handlers 
and you may warrant a little bit of one. Maybe I guess Bones also is kind of one. So you have maybe like five ball handlers in the lineup is pretty kind of just scary in itself. Right. So I think he's really good. He's extremely popular too. Like adds ticket revenue, adds popularity to your team. I, I think also he gets a bad rap because of his father, but he's been, like you said, he's become a pretty good NBA player. Well, he he's, wasn't good with the Lakers and then he no, became he, good with a smaller market team. Wait, wait, Tony, are you telling me a rookie player wasn't good his rookie year and <laughs> also wasn't as great that. his sophomore year either when he was 21 years old? You're telling right. me that 21 year old guy wasn't that good at <laughs> basketball in his second year in the season? I'm shocked. Right. So he became good when he got out of his father's shadow, but his rep got really hurt. But yeah, he's he's a very good player. And I think he'd be a good I target if for him or shake up the team. I will say too, I was watching um HBO's to the shop uninterrupted, I think it's yeah. called that. He was on the most recent one or one of the, the seasons one. And he does just seem like he's matured a little bit. You know, he yeah. said he had a kid now, and I think he's just sort of like what's shocking, a guy that's 19 is not mature and comes to the league, but all he is by 24, he's matured. I'm shocked by that thing too. But like he seemed like he has kind of grown up a little bit, which is you know good. And I think it's in the prime, it's the kind of guy you might be willing at 24 to give a little more than maybe what you think he's worth because you see that he's becoming, you know, like a professional athlete, a professional M- 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 NBA player at the right time. So the best available free agent who might change teams is Kyle Lowry to me, although he's basically even with the guy we'll do right after Lowry. So th- this is going to be simple for me, Adam. He's going to make more than the Pacers can sign him for. They can only offer the MLE. So would you be willing? He is 35. Would you be willing to sign and trade any Pacers starter for Kyle Lowry? Do we think he's not going to the Heat? He doesn't stay in Toronto. <laughs> uh, I would say that those are two very popular spots as well as LA. Yes. Or the I mean, I love Kyle Lowry. I think he's a great he's player. Very good. And is he this year's version of Chris Paul? Very well could be. Very well could be. Um, yeah. But also it's scary. 35, probably, I mean, you might have to overpay him even a little bit to get we him on We just talked about Kemba, the short point guard drop-off, right? It's yeah, but Lowry's built Lowry bigger. Eventually. Lowry's built bigger than Kemba. He is. He is. Same with Chris Paul. That's also why he's lasted longer. Yeah, yeah. So Lowry's very good and would help the Pacers a ton because he's very good. Uh, what is he, a six-time All-Star now, which is insane. I mean, he's so good. Yeah. Championship guy. I wonder if the Bjorkren stuff plays any factor here. Not sure about that. You'd have to give up a starter in the sign-and-trade, just value-wise, probably more. And I think that's kind of where this one loses me. Probably a starter and pick, yeah. Yeah, that's where this one loses me is because of the value at his age. He doesn't match up with what the Pacers would want. Um, so I think that that's probably a no, but not because Lowry isn't really good. Yeah, it's, just, it's hard to make it work. And you, so you buy the overpay him to come here, so like you're probably in a three-year deal, and it probably is a little bit, third years would be uncomfortable. And Lowry, again, like you said, is probably, because he's a free agent, going to be one of picking like a title chase good team. Yeah, it's probably going to Miami, I would assume, once he takes like a lower than market. Miami, Toronto, if they go for it. Uh, one of the LAs, New York was just a four seed, right? One of those to make sense. The next guy yeah. is so interesting to me because a lot of the stuff we just said about Lowry, minus a year and a half of age, applies to this guy. Uh, he's a little worse than Lowry. I'm talking about Mike Conley, all-star for the first time last season. So happy for him. But he, unlike Lowry, could choose Indy because he's from here. Went to high school here, grew up here a little bit. Wouldn't shock me if he had some interest in returning to Indy. So that means a sign and trade could in theory be possible. But a lot of the stuff we just said about Lowry, the why they wouldn't do it, the age, the contract at that age makes it a little harder. And you'd have to probably give up a starter and a sign and trade. And the Jazz already have Gobert. So it's probably one of the guards. So it's a tough trade situation again, even if he is good. Yeah. I mean, the Jazz, what the rumor today is they're going to make, I think, the quote is every effort or every attempt. Oh, I haven't seen this. I have this not is seen. like some. I was on Mike Conley news today. 
I was driving. Yeah, all day. the rumor headline is Mike Conley will Jazz will make every attempt to sign point guard to new contract. Uh, Ooh. From, that's oh, Tony Jones, the athletic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, um, the Jazz probably think they can win the championship next season, and they probably aren't necessarily wrong. Although, I don't know. After this season, they might want to look in the mirror a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I Conley would be good here, but I don't really know how you're how you're getting him here. And that's my biggest concern. And also he's a little younger than Lowry, right? He's about a year or two younger than Lowry, I think. Yeah. Um, like one, maybe one year less. So that's a little bit better, but he has more of an injury issue than Lowry does, to be honest, like a, like a much worse one considering some of his foot stuff in the past. Um, I like him here, but I don't know if he fits the value and the, and the, how, how he gets here, I guess. Yeah. And the thing with like guys like Conley and Lowry, who just had good years in their thirties before free agency is they want the longest deal they can get at this. Well, I'm also period. wondering, I mean, Mike Conley, I could be, and still Lowry too, are both just where they've made so much money. They might, I guess at least Lowry's won a championship, so he might put the money, but like Conley might be looking at a place to start winning championships next. Right. He made an all-star he game now. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's also why, I mean, he's also probably looking at the possibility that like, what, if he won a championship, he would he be borderline Hall of Famer? He'd be close. Yeah. Maybe all-star, been a really good point guard in the league for years, part a lot of good teams. I mean, he, he's probably not, there. but close. Yeah. Depends. I guess it depends how he, he's, he's a, he might get his number retired at Memphis. So yeah, we're like Lowry's in probably a Hall of Famer already. Yeah, I agree. Okay. The next guy is another restricted free agent. The only other one that I think could switch teams that has all-star value. I'm a lot lower on this player in general than. A lot of people. He is very good. He just played in the conference finals. He's not uh, available. Under, under Dave McMahon. What's up? John Collins isn't available. He's going to. He just turned down an extension. They couldn't agree with the Hawks. They're going to have a ton of salary cap issues going forward with all their young restricted guys. You think John Collins is their second most important player? Didn't Schlink just say they're going to resign him or they want to? I bet they want to. Is they probably rest- wanted to extend him last offseason and they couldn't agree to a number then. He's restricted though, right? So was Lonzo. Yeah, but Lonzo was that weird area where I'm not sure the Pelicans like him very much. Where like Collins, we know that the Hawks do, and they're not going to let him. I mean, they're not they're going to match whatever thing. I think he's going to get a lot of money. This so what, like four one twenty? Yes, I think that's why I think he could be on the move. That said, you can only sign and trade with the original team, so the Hawks would have to give him that. Uh, well, I guess that doesn't matter. This, but whatever. One, do you think John Collins is good? I do. I think he's yes. good, but I do not think he's as good as the consensus. Uh, now that he can shoot, he definitely has a lot of value. Two, would you be willing to pay him a lot of money? And three, do you like him on the Pacers? Yeah, I, I think I like all of that. I mean, he sh- clearly showed he's a pretty good, like, like he showed he in the moment he shows up, which is something that's he's a power forward, which is like, playoffs. yeah, he also a power forward shoots the three. It's like literally the perfect pacer position, right? He's the, everything the Pacers need. Like, literally, if you were to tell me that, I mean, you know, wow. the, Anthony Davis is probably the perfect player, but like, if you were telling me the Pacers need a four that can shoot threes and, basically kind of play more of like a small four slash power four than a power four slash center. He fits it. Um, yes. He might not like, I'm certainly, he probably like says not as good as $30 million a year, but you're overpaying for a guy who was really good. And that's what you have to do in Indiana. But I just don't see how the Hawks would ever let him walk. Yeah. Even if salary cap issues, I think you sign him to figure it out. This You don't let town walk like that. Walk out the door like between him and cam and herder and Hunter. Yeah. But you just this- trade one, right? I mean, that's what you do. You don't let talent. Okay. Hey, why not Collins? No, but you signed. You already him. have Okongwu and Capella inside. Yeah, but you could sign it afford you next year trade him, right? I mean, like at least next year you could probably still afford him, right? Or no, because Trey Young is going to kick into the fall. The, the when you make the conference finals, the expenses are coming. Yeah, so, but you made the conference finals. Could be ASAP. Yeah, that's you made, I know they're good. I'm so sure like, they'd like to keep all these people. This team has the potential. I mean, we could be talking about them as like 
the the kind of new version of the Warriors in two seasons. I mean, the you know the what? East doesn't. Seem, they could be the East winner in two. <laughs> not in a agree year with that. <laughs> no, but they could be the East winner in a year or two. I mean, the East is not clearly is not like like fan like there's not like some the Nets can't stay healthy. I mean, that's the best team, but I'm right. not sold on that ever right now. So like they could be the in the they could be the East winner the next two seasons for all we know. And of course, you pay John Collins to do that because then you're then you're like right there when the championship and we saw with the Raptors, you just got to be there and something can happen. You can win it. I would, I would seriously consider signing just because I'm lower on him than a lot of other guys on the Hawks. I would consider signing training him now and then being able to retain all the other stuff and get the stuff I get from Collins to eventually make the big move that we need to get to be good. That's how I would view stuff as the Hawks, but I understand why. But I mean, you might give it a year because the Trey extension, obviously, yes, sure. that's when the cap will get really crazy, but you could then you worry about the problem next year and you get, you run the same team back. Clearly, Nate McMillan had figured out how to reach the guys, had figured out the right one, you know, between the players. And you can convince yourself that really if trying right. to step on that on the ref's ankle, they probably they might win the East. One more free agent. He might not be an all-star level player anymore. He might be, uh, debatably. Coming from the San Antonio Spurs, free agent for the second time off in his career, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is turning 32 just after free agency, which is great news for him that his agent can sell that he's 31 through the process. His birthday is August 7th. Was still good for the Spurs. Scored very well, over 20 points a game. Really improved as a passer. Reached seven assists per game this year. Was not even close to sniffing that with Toronto. Still doesn't ever shoot threes. All inside the arc kind of guy, right? Why don't people kill him for not shooting, right? Oh, you know. I think that's a dumb narrative about Ben Simmons if you haven't gotten that clear. Certainly has defensive yeah, he, limitations. He does make jump shots, though. He does make jump shots. <laughs> he doesn't take jump shots even. Really? Yeah, this is in the finals. Why isn't he getting killed for this or not? Anyway, I, I, Tony, I'm, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. Yeah, DeRozan, one of the best rim finishers in the league, has been for a while. Just, just a great player. Can um, you believe he played 69? I believe he played what? 9% of his minutes at power forward last year. Yeah, the Spurs. 69% of his minutes at power forward. I know. Small it's just ball. kind of dumbfounding. I know he just went from being like a shooting guard in Toronto to a power forward. He wouldn't put power forward for the Pacers, but it's just yeah, he's an awkward fit. And the and this comes kind of back to the Lowry problem. And I don't know if DeRozan's all star level. I think I might be pushing it with him on this list. Yeah, I don't think he quite is. Anyway. Yeah, but the like you'd probably have to salary wise give up a starter to make the money work, and you wouldn't you want to trade any starter, even not in a sign and trade for DeRozan, right? So. It's probably not a good fit for the Pacers unless they're giving up just bench stuff. And what like do you think DeRozan like, gets this offseason? Yeah, he's really hard to project. Like, who's going like, to pay him big money? Like, could he just get the mid-level, to be honest? I think he'll probably get, like, two for 50 from the Spurs. That's my guess. Okay. But, like, I don't think any other team's going to pay him more than... Maybe him. the Knicks would pay him. That makes some sense to me. Uh, they need shot creation from guards very badly. Yeah, they might get. They might give him a one-year deal and try to hold his cap number over in a year, yeah. right? Like, I guess they can't give him like $30 million just to, for a year. He's still good. He deserves a lot of money, right? He's still really good, but it's his, he's an awkward, like, he's not a good, he like, fit, good, great team, good fit kind of guy, right? Yeah. He isn't really like, I mean, that's what sadly happened when he left Toronto. Is you realize that, like, he just wasn't quite good enough to be on a, like, a, that level of team. And that's, that's right. just rough, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. So the, I think he'd be good on the Pacers for sure, right? He's probably better than Levert, right? Just barely. Um, so in that role, maybe, but I wouldn't give up Levert for him because of ages and money and stuff. No, so. you would do the thing where if you could like give up like lamb and something and a pick, right. for him, you would right. do that. Yeah. Just, and just then, cause then you're moving on lambs, which is honestly lamb is worse than him by a ton. And then you could tons. play, you could play to Rosen and like an end of game five, you could be your bench player for a little bit. Like that's where I feel like his destiny might be is like almost in the Andre Iguodala role. 
kind of, where like he's the sick off coming off the bench, but then he finishes games and like he's just really good player, but maybe he isn't quite like the superstar that he once was. That night. Yeah. Probably where his destiny might be his last few years in the league. Demar's career is pretty underrated as a legit four-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA. He was All-NBA three seasons ago. He was second-team All-NBA, 2018, yeah. right? Yeah, like, I mean, he's with, really good. But Toronto it, teams were the number one seed, like, what, three years in a row? Le- Buzz on LeBron. LeBron ruined his era. But, yeah. yeah, so he's really good, but not the not what the Pacers need. I mean, at the right dollar amount, I wouldn't be opposed to it, right? If he yeah. wants – if you're talking, like, three for 45, then you can move some – non-desirable stuff for him and the Spurs want to pick. I could see that, but I don't know if that's what they'll you do. You mean if you could trade some non-desirable stuff for a good player, you'd do it? Of course, but I... Yeah, Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's like... <laughs> I'm not, I I guess I, I don't know what his value is to the Spurs. Like, I don't really know where the Spurs are at right, right now. I don't know what their, like, game plan is. Are they... They have pops. So they're trying to not, like, tank, but, like, I don't know, at some point, you got to just kind of rebuild because it's... They're kind of... They're in a worse miracle level than the Pacers, to be honest. Yeah, so let's do one more ad break and then do the draft slash, I didn't tell you this beforehand, second draft situation, guys. But first, got to talk about two great groups of people. The first one, the folks over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including the NBA Finals Game 1 tonight. You can get the Suns Series price at minus 190 or the Bucks at plus 165. Game 1, currently Suns favored by 5.5 over at betonline.ag. Go check it out. Before that game tips, before the next pitch, whatever sport you prefer, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. If you go to betonline.ag and sign up today, when you do, use the promo code Locked On when you make your account. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit if you do so. Betonline.ag or online sportsbook experts. And let's also... Talk about Rock Auto, who's bringing you this episode with the ever-increasing number of makes and models. It's impossible for your local auto parts chain to stock all the parts you need. You got to deal with the stupid questioning at the counter and wait while the guy there orders the parts on the computer. And then they can only choose the brand that their warehouse happens to have. You have a computer and you have access to rockauto.com right there. If you you have a phone, it's in your pocket. You can save time and money using rock auto. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over two decades. Their prices are always reliably low for every customer. And they have everything you could need for your car, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, you need it, they've got it. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. When you do, go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, I think there's four all-stars in this draft, Adam, or potential all-stars in this draft that are, like, obvious and then some maybes. But this, I didn't tell you this beforehand, but we maybe should talk about some second draft guys, you know, guys who got drafted to a bad situation, who if they get moved could potentially be an all-star in the future, be good. But the, talking about the draft first, I mean, do you see any way the Pacers have enough stuff to get into the top four to get one of Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, or Jalen Suggs? I mean, there are you, you always have enough stuff. I guess <laughs> if you're wanting right. to include the future picks, you in theory. Yeah. I mean, you always, and now do they have enough stuff to reach want to give up? That's, that's a better, a better debate. Um, certainly if they want to give like five first round picks in the next, you know, year, 10 years, they could, you know, every year for the next five years, they could probably do it, but uh, they probably don't have enough to get into that number. Um, unless like, I'm, I see the problem is no team has two picks in the top five. Cause that's where the, that's where you could do it. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there, I think that top, the top four or five is at least a consensus that like nobody wants to look stupid and trade out of it. Basically. I'm really high on Cade. So I'd give up a lot of future stuff for him, but none of the rest, there's always yeah, a but risk. You can't get Cade. You're not getting Cade. Like no, like the, yeah. 
Detroit is probably like he's the kind of player where changes Detroit, your franchise. Yeah, Detroit would have to be like it would take a it would basically be a Boston level move to do that, right? Celtics took Tatum and it worked out, but like it's still super super like you make that trade and you screw it up and two years from now you're out of a job. Like that's you not get, like you 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 got to think like like Luca got dealt right, and he should have been the he wasn't the consensus number one. He should he wasn't been. that year though. He yeah he wasn't yeah. But like it's possible to me like Luca got traded for what the fifth pick and another future first. And he went three. And then uh, the the Fultz Tatum deal was one for three in a future first. So like the only way I can see Cade being dealt is for like the third pick, and the Cavs give up something else big. Yeah, but then like look something like was, that. So was Colangelo still the GM when they made the? I'm trying to remember now. Was I was think he just, so? I think was so. he just fired before it? I think he was still the GM. Right. So then he wasn't the GM. Or so maybe it was that, Brett Brown in that weird phase. I don't remember. But I'm saying like you make that kind of move and it it. And you screw it up, you're like hard forever, basically. Right. <laughs> like, I, I think you're better off just taking Cade and just, and he, if he does fail somehow, you're at least like took the guy that everybody told you to take. Right. So, identifying the all star outside the top four is just like pick your fave guy. Like, I think there's a chance on like Scotty Barnes and Moses Moody and Kuminga, but not enough that I'd be willing to give up a ton to move up for them. And so, it's kind of those four. And also, like, the the consensus from people in the league is like that's kind of the tier two, right? the tier as well, right? So it's even harder to get into that when everybody sees it the same way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think the question is, do you want to trade like into that like six for 10 range if there's somebody you really want? Because I think that's actually more doable. I think, I mean, I'm pretty that's sure- possible. I'm pretty sure if you look up every team's uh, like beat writers, there'll be some kind of tweet about how, oh, the team is willing to trade down for more value if it's available <laughs> or something. I think Jay Mongo had the trip of the Pacers. Breaking team willing to trade for more value. Yeah, but I think I think you're, it's going to be hard for us to crack into that top five. I think that top five is like yep, pretty much, I mean, taking whatever guy's there. I mean, I could see them moving inside the top five. That's like actually probably a real possibility. I mean, a two to five could flip if somebody's one of mobile or whatever they decide. But you're not probably breaking into that top five without like some – something major coming in. Like you got to be giving up like a lot of picks. So let's, let's change this draft segment because I agree with you that that's the case. And I don't think they can get, and like they can get the obvious all-star level guys by trading up in the draft. You know, there's always going to be someone late lotto or outside the lotto who becomes an all-star, but that's just guessing at this point. Let's talk about the second draft. For those who don't know, that's like the term people use for guys who get drafted into like a bad situation or haven't proven anything. And then another team scoops them up on a flyer and they become really good on a new team and not necessarily all-stars. That's pretty rare uh, or else the original team would get killed for it. But like Josh Jackson has switched teams a few times and looks better away from Phoenix, right? Like that kind of stuff happens a lot. And it's called the second draft for a reason. Normally it doesn't work out, right? There's a reason the guy's bad and it's because they're not, they're not a good player, but sometimes it does. So the 2017 draft guys are now free agents. So they are past the second draft range, the 2020 draft after one year, no one's really willing to, give up on guys and make them second draft available. So there's really only two drafts that guys really fit into. Is there, I'm typing a few names for you now, Adam, but is there anyone from the 2018 or 2019 drafts that interests you as a second draft guy? The guy you just typed is not a second draft guy. He's good now. Oh, is he now? Okay. I think he's good now. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, is he good enough now? That's what I was wondering. I mean, yes, I, I would say so. Okay. That's fair. Um, Marvin I've only come up with three so far. You can go ahead, you, though. You wrote it down, but Marvin Bagley always interests me. I don't know why. I mean, because he sure. went number two. <laughs> Probably. Well, he was also really good in college. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, there, I, I guess my thing is the Kings are so like such a laughing stock that I feel like you could get a guy from there. And <laughs> like, I think by Donovan is a great example, right? By Donovan was just really, we knew was kind of good in Sacramento, but we weren't sure good he was. And he was Sacramento and he was really fucking good. Right. 
Like he realized, like he, like he, the Pacers would have been, been like should have been shelling out everything to sign him, like if they could last year. Um, I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. is a second draft guy who's balling. Sorry, I'm just reading yeah. No, I, that's that's fair. Them. I mean, the other guys. So you want to go to the other guys on your list? I mean, they're a couple. I obviously pulled them up. Kevin Knox is one. I don't know if I'm like super excited. Yeah. About. So the thing with well, I'll, I'll talk Bagley for a second. Like the, you could get him for probably nothing, basically. Like he's been that bad for the Kings. He's barely even in their rotation, and his dad is always apparently on Twitter complaining about his playing time and stuff. And like, he's okay. He's averaged 14 points a game all three years in his career, but like not that efficiently and doesn't have a three point shot. And some of the appeal for him to me, at least was he was like kind of creative and interesting as a player, like between the three point line and outside of 10 feet, not necessarily as a score, but just as like a playmaker and player, this will hurt a lot. So his value's not there. There's some off court stuff. It's it. So he's like maybe a guy you'd be interested in. And like if the Kings throw him in like in a bigger deal, like they'd be a team that probably has interest in, in Turner or Sabonis. They have no centers right now. If, if it was in like a bigger deal and he was like a piece of that, maybe, but I don't I don't know if I'd pursue him necessarily. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is just like what do you have to give up? Right. I mean, like you don't have to go for much. him. If, if the answer is more than nothing, I'm out. <laughs> Fair. Well, I guess what do you determine is nothing? Like the second round pick. To do something, is it what salary filler are you doing, or what you know what I mean? Whatever it is, I mean that's right. that's where like, or are you flipping like Aaron Holiday for one of these guys because you're just kind of because he's right. Would he count? Would he be in the second draft, Aaron Holiday, or no? No, probably not because he was he reached his draft value the first years of his career. I okay, I I you know at the second draft thing, I don't really know how you're grading it. So I'm just kind of gauging like it. they get it's like they get drafted again when they switch teams. Does that make sense? So, like, yeah. their first team, they have to be, like, awful, basically. But Aaron Holiday could fall on that, I guess, He's right? close to it. I considered I considered him. Okay. So, like, I mean, is that, like, and they, that if, if it's trading Aaron Holiday, and there's a lot of things that go for I'd probably do Holiday for Bagley. Yeah, I mean, I would do a lot of them as Aaron Holiday because I don't think it's working here. And I think if you can find some kind of forward-ish player, it's what you need more of anyways than guards because there's yeah. Sumner and there's maybe a draft pick be a guard. Who knows what's going to happen there? And give Adam typed Wendell Carter. I think Wendell Carter is good now and starts for the magic. So I don't, I don't consider him a second draft guy, but I understand why he could be thought of there. There's only one guy I have from the 2019 draft. And that is Jarrett Culver. Who's now on the Timberwolves who have also reportedly in the past been interested in miles Turner. Uh, He has really struggled to score the ball in his career was out of their rotation a year or two after being picked like fifth or sixth or something. So he's good. I think he was good in college and he could be good in the NBA, but definitely going to always be struggling as a shooter uh, and isn't good enough of a ball handler to really have the ball a ton. So he's a good defender, but not really an obvious place in the NBA right now. So I would also not be willing to give up much positive value for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, that's why that's why these guys are in the second, you call the second draft, right? Second you're, draft, not, yep. you're not, you're not, not giving <laughs> up value. You're just trying to like see if you put the guy in a different situation. Does he do better? I, I, right. I mean, I guess it's like the best success story of this probably D'Angelo Russell. That's a good one, right? That's probably, and I don't even know if he's that good anymore. He might have like over. Like, yeah, regardless, it was really good and overshot good. the other way. Yeah, Almost. it's um, hard. It's hard to thing to think about exactly. Ingram, maybe Brandon Ingram, because he's really good and like was not. But the thing is, with some potential though. With with Ingram, is he wasn't traded as as a second draft guy. He was traded as a huge part of the Anthony Davis. Yeah, I know, and he's maybe better than I think they thought. But yeah, totally, I agree with you. So it it's hard. To, like Fultz is kind of a second draft guy that's working out for the Magic. 
No, they gave up yeah. nothing. I feel like Fultz, though, had so much potential that, like, it doesn't really yeah. matter what he does. He's never going to reach it, and right. it's going to be kind of sad for he is actually like, He's actually good now, but I know I, I feel I like he's feel the, bad for him. He's the kind of guy in, like, what, like, five seasons he's on a backup. He's the backup guard for a change team, and you realize, oh, and, like, there's all these, like, like, Sean Livingston type of thing almost, right, where, like, he, like, comes back, and he's, like, having a championship run with some team as a seventh man, and that's – all the stories about it, but like for now, he's kind of just in Siberia figuring it out. <laughs> I'm trying to go through some of these to find some. Uh, there's also like failure stories of it, like Harry Giles, everybody thought would be a good second draft guy, including me. And then he went to Portland, and it turns out he's just <laughs> not an NBA player. Um, let me look at old drafts. Buddy Heald, everybody kind of thought was that at first. That also turned out to not be the case. Marquise Chris was kind of a success story in second draft with the Warriors, although not really. So they, there's not like Josh Jackson's one I brought up earlier. He's been good, but there's not a ton. It's not super common. Yeah. I mean, it's, well, there's a reason these guys are, there's a reason it doesn't happen that much. They're just like in the NBA. I think like two years is definitely not enough time to give a guy, but when you reach kind of that, like year three range, you kind of know, I mean, at that point, the guy should be in his mid to early twenties should be showing signs of like understanding how to develop as a player, how to get better, you know what I mean? How to get better. Now he might not be the potential you thought, but like if he's getting stronger and is improving parts of his game, then you know, there's something there, but at that point you're kind of kind of campaign tried to be a second draft guy and it didn't work. And then his third draft team (laughs) turns out it did work. So like Solomon Hill is a weird one of those. I think actually will fall on that, but it would stay with the same team, but then figured it out, but then didn't figure it out again. Here's kind of one Terry Rozier. Totally. Yeah, totally. That's a good one. I think. Yeah, that's a good one. Kind of. He was st- like that playoff series had him at a, at a high va- at but some he's pretty good right now with them. Yeah. With the, with the Hornets now. Yeah, that's one. Uh, Larry Nance was in a Cavs trade and he's good for them now. So that they there are success stories. The last guy we have typed down is Kevin Knox. Uh, I remember that uh, this was a long time ago on the low post. Zach Lowe was talking about Kevin Knox after his rookie and he said, there are some already some analytics people who kind of view him like Andrew Wiggins. And I was like, that is the perfect comparison. We're like, Wiggins is okay now, but like they're just there's just not a path for success for these guys. And like Knox finally made some threes last year, albeit on only two attempts per game. He only took 89 the whole season. So he could be like a role player, but I don't buy him as like a at his draft level. He went ninth overall. I don't buy him as that big of a good player. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right. Anyone else that we missed today that you think could be a potential all-star level or interesting player that could be available this offseason. I'm sure there's somebody we missed and we'll think about it in like two weeks. Cause he'll be you available. You didn't bring up Beal or cat the whole podcast. And I'm very proud of you. Cause you I mean, they're not, they're not available. I mean, they're I don't, not. You know. I'm proud of you. You've, you've evolved. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we can talk, you know, knowing this, one of them will be available in two weeks. They'll be like this, <laughs> this big player tribune article about cat wanting to get out or blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I just don't, one has got too much value you can't trade for, and the other one doesn't really. Again, you're just going with your two centers against. It doesn't really work. Yep. All right. Well, I got nothing else today. I've been talking about the show for a long time. We went for a long time, so I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, Adam is up tomorrow, back on Wings Week for player recaps with Justin Holiday. Then Thursday, we'll pre- preview free agency from the Pacers at the point guard position. Friday's Keelan Martin for Wings Week. So, Adam, you got anything else? If not, let's get everybody out of here. No, I think I'm good. We're, we're back with our long podcast. We're in the offseason mode, but we're still here. Still here. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Pacers if you want to yell at us for any stupid things we said today. And we will see you tomorrow.